Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Twins win. They beat the Blue Jays setting up a rubber game of the three-game series tomorrow. And uh, the bats were booming. Things got interesting in the ninth. But the Twins prevail 9-7 the final. And the ball really flying out of the ballpark today. And with similar weather tomorrow, who knows, could be another wild one at Target Field. As you heard, Chris, a moment ago, uh, we'll get started uh, bright and early with sports coverage tomorrow morning. 10 a.m., the huddle, Pete Najarian, Dave Schwartz. At noon, inside Twins, Chris with Jay's Tingler. At 12.30, the lineup card. And then at 1.10, the rubber game between the Twins and the Blue Jays. At Target Field, Twins win 9-7 today. and what, what a day. And the player of the game on the postgame show, Matt Walner from Forest Lake. What a day on a gorgeous day. Nice crowd at Target Field. And four hits, three RBIs in the ballgame today. And... Also hit a home run. So, you know, the Twins uh, get those bats going and get the W today. I will say this about Pablo Lopez. Not particularly great today. Gave up a run in the first, two in the third, one in the fourth. And and the lines are the line on Lopez. Five and two-thirds, five hits, four runs. All of those earned. Walk three. Struck out six, gave up a couple of home runs. But, you know, he battled and hung in there, and the Twins were ultimately able to get a 9-7 victory today. So he evens his record at 3-3. Three and three. The Twins move 2 over 500. The Blue Jays fall to 1 over 500 with that series finale coming up tomorrow. But... It was a rare breakout day for the bats, but another another concern has to be is the Twins' continued struggles with the bases loaded. It's almost uncanny how much they struggle with the sacks jammed in in games as of late. They they just you know for the most part have been been having a hard time getting the big hit with the bases loaded. I think Phil Miller, who covers the team for the Star Tribune, sent out a tweet, and going into today, we're 0 for 12 with the bases loaded. And they had a base loaded situation earlier in the game today. But ultimately, they get it done 9-7 the final. And it should be a good one. Our old friend Jose Barrios will be on the mound. Bailey Ober. He's been really good. Barrios, not bad, 4-4, four four, his ERA 4.22. Ober's been really good, 3-1, his ERA 
2.55. So it should be a fun Sunday at the ballpark as these Twins wrap up the three-game series uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. And then, of course, it's on the road, and they'll take on the Houston Astros starting on Monday. And that'll be a matinee Memorial Day. Henry Lake in for chat on Memorial Day, and he'll lead you up uh, to the ball game. That'll be a little bit later start. Uh, 3 o'clock start our time, 3.10 to be exact. Lineup card, 2.30. But uh, Henry will be on before the ball game on Monday between noon and 2.30 to get you set up. Here's what we've got coming up here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. We have all the news, all the weather. We'll get you caught up at 5 o'clock today. And then we'll have the headlines from the day in sports, including a busy night tonight, NBA playoffs, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Minnesota United FC, Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press will join us a little bit later on in the hour. We'll go outdoors with Steve Carney as well. Here in the cities right now, gorgeous Saturday afternoon. What a great day it was at the ballpark. 83 degrees. South winds at 9. We have gusts to 22 miles an hour. Once again, we have uh, all the news, an update from CBS, local news to follow, and then we'll get you up to date on all the headlines from the day in sports. Twins win, beat the Blue Jays today at Target Field 9-7 to here on CCL. I'm Al Shock. The Minneapolis City Attorney says Mayor Jacob Fry can't follow through with his veto of a city council request to have a rent control policy drawn up. In a memo sent out on Friday, Kristen Anderson says the mayor would be allowed to veto a proposal by city council, but a request to have it crafted by the city attorney is allowed to proceed. Council would then debate the plan and take a vote, and that would be subject to a mayoral veto. The Minneapolis City Council narrowly voted to begin with a policy that would limit annual rate in increases to 3%. Mayor Fry calls that proposal too restrictive. An intersection in a Brooklyn Park neighborhood remains closed while crews try to fill in a massive sinkhole caused by a broken water main. How big? Big enough to swallow an entire car while the driver got out safely. Josie Russell told WCCO Television her car started to sink and fill with water and she was able to get help after moving to the vehicle's back seat. How the hell did that happen? I don't know how that happened, but it was small, but it just got bigger and bigger. And as soon as I saw the car sinking down, I saw like three quarters of the car come in. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a huge problem. The sinkhole is at the intersection of 79th Avenue, Shingle Creek Drive, and Douglas Drive in Brooklyn Park. Crews have recovered a body in the St. Croix River south of Taylor's Falls. Chisago County Sheriff's officials say it was discovered by a group of people who were canoeing on the river yesterday. Authorities had been searching for a person believed to have drowned in the area earlier this spring. No further information being released right now. Staffing numbers at Minneapolis 911 Center are are extremely low and responsive times for calls made to the center have dipped below national standards. Director of Emergency Communication for Hennepin County, Tony Martin, spoke with Jordana Green on WCCO, saying part of the reason for the shortage is that it takes extra willingness from employees to accept the responsibility of the job. Our staff here at the County Sheriff's Office are taking about you know, 100, uh, you know, 125 calls on average in a day, and you have no idea what that call is going to be. Despite the seriousness of the work, Martin says it's also rewarding. I'm in management now, but I still love going and logging in and taking calls. 
um, just to truly help people. A $1,000 hiring bonus is being offered for qualified applicants to the Minneapolis 911 Center. The wine business is feeling the inflation effects. Like so many other industries directly tied to the consumer, the wine business has been dealing with rising costs. I was talking to one small artisanal producer and just the glass bottles were double the cost in a couple of months and just getting access to them has been really hard. Krister Bengtsson, the founder and publisher of star wine list. Add to that the cost of other packaging, shipping, and other raw materials, and it has been a struggle, combining with the difficulty of attracting employees in a tight labor market, even as Bengtsson says the pandemic shipping delays have eased. At the same time, the pricing pressures come as the wine industry has been moving to a more sustainable model. There is, you know, real impact on everything from packaging and transports and how the vineyards are treated and and everything so it's changed a lot in the last just few years something he says many wine enthusiasts expect even as most would prefer prices not rise too much for news talk 830 wcco i'm bloomberg steve potus from the wcco weather center clear skies tonight overnight low of 55 sunny and 83 tomorrow monday memorial day sunny and 85 mostly sunny and 88 on tuesday and wednesday Sunny and 89 on Thursday, sunny and 88 next Friday. I'm Al Shock, News Talk 830, WCCO. Great start to the holiday weekend weather-wise in these parts. Just absolutely amazing. Whether you're at the ball game at Target Field today and a wild Twins 9-7 victory over the Blue Jays today. Oh, it got interesting in the ninth, but uh, Twins bats, uh, Big, big day uh, for Matt Walder, and the the Twins get it done today at Target Field, setting up the rubber game of the three-game series, and really a dream day for the kid from Forest Lake. Just absolutely phenomenal day uh, for Walder today. Hit a home run, four for four, and what an arm. This kid has a cannon of an arm. Once again, Twins win 9-7 the final rubber game tomorrow. And this will be a fun one as well. Jose Barrios, former twin, goes for the Blue Jays. And Bailey Ober will get the call for the Twins. And our coverage will begin bright and early for a Sunday anyway. Uh, 10 a.m. to noon, the huddle, Pete Nigerian, Dave Schwartz. Uh, they'll, they'll cover it all. And then inside Twins at noon, Chris Sadaberry with Jays Tingler. 12.30, the lineup card with Chris and Corey Provis, Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play on the finale. Twins will hop a plane, head down to Houston. Not a particularly long flight down to Houston. It opened a three-game series with the Astros, and that'll be a Monday matinee. Uh, Henry Lake will be in for Chad Hartman starting at noon. Lineup card 2.30, first pitch 3.10 on Monday. So that's kind of the holiday Weekend lay of the land for the Minnesota Twins. Some other sports headlines. NBA Finals almost set. They could be finalized, if you will, tonight. It'll be the Heat and the Celtics with Miami up three games to two. But Boston looked terrible in the first three games of this series. It was all about Jimmy Butler. Well, then a funny thing happened in game four in Miami. The Celtics win big. Then they blow out the Heat. In uh, Game 5, now it sets up a Game 6 
tonight. Can Miami get the win and advance to the finals and take on the Denver Nuggets? We will see about that. But that'll be uh, tonight, 7.30 our time, the Heat and the Celtics with uh, a Miami victory. They advance. Boston wins a game seven. And you may have heard this. And Josh Wheeler is our producer. No team has come back from three down nope. in the NBA playoffs. Nope. Hard to do. It, now, now, it's been done in the major leagues. I oh, think yeah. the Red Sox did it to the Yankees, ironically, and came back from three down. And I think they went on to win the World Series that year, if memory serves. Yeah. But it's never been done in the NBA. Based on what I saw in games four and five, Right now, the Celtics have all the momentum. Yeah, they have the they have the they have the tiger by the tail, so to speak. Yeah, they really do. So we'll we'll see. Very interesting there. And NHL Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. The Dallas Stars trying to stay alive once again. Uh, the Stars and the Golden Knights tonight. Vegas up three games to one. Uh, the winner will take on uh, the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup final, and they're just kind of kicking back. And, and waiting to see what happens tonight. But the, the Stars stayed alive, winning game four in OT. And that'll start at 7 o'clock our time. So you got NBA and NHL tonight. And then, of course, uh, by the way, Saints in town. They take on Omaha tonight at CHS Field. Should be a great night for a ball game. And speaking of St. Paul, the Loons take on Real Salt Lake at Allianz Field. More with Andy Greeter on that coming up in a little bit so still pretty busy in town a lot going on on this memorial day weekend and the weather is really good and you heard al mention uh, the weather is going to stay nice we really don't see a mention of thunderstorms until tuesday and we'll we'll see a little more humidity in the air tuesday tuesday night into wednesday as a matter of fact there will be that typical chance of thunderstorms in the forecast I, i think there's almost a rule somewhere maybe it's a law that uh in the june forecast you must have a chance of showers and thunderstorms that it becomes kind of the deal especially when people plan grad parties etc there's got to be a chance of showers and thunderstorms um i know many 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 years ago at my graduation party um and this is memorable, and I'll tell you why. Not only did we get a thunderstorm, but after the thunderstorms moved through the grad party, a rainbow came out, and my mom and dad caught a photo of me at my grad party with, uh, with the rainbow in the background. It's, it's kind, of, kind of a cool photo, kind of a good story. Um, and I think my... Oldest daughter and youngest daughter had their grad party uh, threatened by thunderstorms but not spoiled. One of the neighbor kids, though, who graduated with my oldest daughter, it, it rained cats and dogs at her graduation party. So that, anyways, part of the deal. But to, to give away my age a little bit, my graduation party was... The, the same Sunday as the final round of the 82 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach where Tom Watson chipped in on 17 
to come back and beat Jack. There was another duel between Tom and Jack, and uh, Tom Watson prevailed uh, in that Open all those years ago. So I, I, there I go. I give away my age, but uh, that was pretty memorable. So congrats to all the grads. A lot of graduation ceremonies and parties coming up here shortly in these parts. Uh, around the corner, oh, we're going to talk about a really cool story, and I invite you to check it out. And the headline in the Star Tribune, and you, you can read it online, Club Volleyball's multi-million dollar world, dreams, sacrifice, and cold reality. And Jeff Day did this for the Star Tribune. He is a, a sports multi-platform editor for the Star Tribune. And he put together a great piece. I had a chance to read it. And he's going to tell us about it in a moment. Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press previews the loons in Real Salt Lake. At about 535, we'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. He'll tell us uh, where they're biting before 6 here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Twins win, beat the Blue Jays 9-7, setting up the rubber game into the three-game series tomorrow at Target Field. Our coverage begins at 10 a.m. The huddle, Pete Najarian, Dave Schwartz at noon inside Twins. Chris Hatterberry, Jace Tingler at 12.30. The lineup card with Chris. Corey Provis, Dan Glyden with all the play-by-play at 110. What a day, Matt Walner. Four for four, a home run. Twins win 9-7. Pablo Lopez, okay. Bullpen struggled late, but they hang on to win 9-7. I, I saw a story in the Star Tribune, and it piqued my interest because I have a niece from Watertown, South Dakota, who happened to be in town for a tournament, and she plays club volleyball. And there's a lot of girls that play club volleyball, not only here, but all over the country. The the sport of volleyball is booming. And a number of years ago when I started doing games on cable TV up here in the northern suburbs, I, I started doing volleyball. And love the sport. Love having an opportunity to call state tournament games. It's a great sport. Then we all know about the success at the University of Minnesota and the fact that they've been one of the top programs in the Big Ten and one of the top programs in the country. Volleyball is booming. And now a boys' volleyball is becoming a sanctioned sport by the high school league. So it is a big, big deal. But Jeff Dave from the Star Tribune did a piece about the world of club volleyball. And Jeff, thanks for joining us on this holiday weekend. Uh, first of all, great work. It was it was a, a wonderful read. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. It was, it was nice just to hear kind of your story around the sport, um, too, because I think uh, I am like you. Uh, I did not know about it until I did. And once I was introduced to the world of volleyball, it really became uh, something I I both loved watching, and as a reporter, I got really deeply interested in it. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and and I've had uh, other family members, uh, girls play volleyball along the way, and, and my niece out in Watertown, South Dakota, pretty good volleyball player, and her team was in town. Now, this isn't unique because you sports. Uh, my oldest daughter played a hockey and uh, played traveling hockey all the way up into high school and you know we'd we'd go out of town and do the out of town trips and I time was expensive etc but you get into the world of club volleyball 
first of all, it's a bigger business than I imagine. It's um, one of the things about volleyball that I think um, is most interesting to me is its level of participation, its relative lack of coverage, um, and the fact that so many families have a direct line to the sport, and yet it's not really talked about as, um, in terms of like, it will get what I would call cursory coverage. Um, but when you start learning that it's the number one particip- team participation sport for girls, when you see, you know, like the first time I walked into the U to see a game, I was like, oh, my gosh. Then when you start learning about club, it's really deep-rooted influence on the sport. I mean, to me, I've, I write it in the piece, I think it is the hub of the sport in America, more so than even college volleyball. It's a proving ground. Um, it's a place where kids dedicate a lot of time, kids and families dedicate a lot of time um, to trying to hone their skills. And to do that, um, they have to pay a lot of money. The tournaments don't come cheap. The travel doesn't come cheap. Um, and so that, that was another part that was interesting to me, this thing of how do families make that decision? And like you said, I don't think this is unique to volleyball, but I think the element that is fun as a reporter is that um, some of this hasn't been written about in what I would call kind of an overview sort of way, kind of just looking at it and going, well, what's happening in this world? Why do people pay the money they do? What are they getting out of it? Um, and Minnesota is an incredible hotbed for club volleyball. This state produces wonderful talent um, that goes on to the collegiate level, that goes on to the national level. Um, and part of that is families spending a lot of money and teams and clubs spending a lot of time uh, working with these players to Im- improve their skill. Jeff Tate joining us from the Star Tribune on the Jen Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And you've got top-notch coaches, you've got big-time tournaments, and with that goes a lot of pressure because you, you brought up that, that carrot out there, and that is a college scholarship. Now, if you look at the numbers and look at reality, sure, there's a lot of great players that come out of Minnesota and go on to collegiate careers and uh, have a lot of success, but it, it's still pretty rare for, for someone to be talented enough to get that D1 full-ride scholarship. And I, I do think that while um, I write about that in the story and it's a good thing to focus on, one of the things that I, and I tried to clarify this at the end of the piece, was that in talking with parents, my mind kind of drifts to this thing of, you know, kind of, you know, cost-benefit analysis. Sure. Um, but one of the things that proved true to me time and time again um, in talking to people was that most parents – um, walk away saying, this had great value uh, to my daughter and to my family. Now, as a parent myself, those are things that you go, it can be hard to separate um, your feelings about your kid's experience from what you gave to create that experience. Um, but I do think that the the reality of the college scholarship versus the emphasis on it is something that a lot of club programs and people involved in club volleyball are thinking about specifically because of what you just said. Um, There is only so much room at the end. You know what I mean? So uh, when you are talking about programs that have um, a tremendous amount of participation up and down the line from, you know, all the way starting now at 10 years old, sometimes even younger than that, um, up until 18s, um, you do realize that only a certain amount of people are going to get that top of the line reward, which is something like, you know, a college scholarship. So 
what benefit can club provide outside of that is something we tried to talk about. And I do think there is a real um, element that club gives kids something unique. It gives young women something unique. Um, and that's why it's so popular, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think the camaraderie, I, I think for both my daughters who participated in sports along the way, that it, it, it teaches a lot of important lessons. There is value of that in other co-curriculars. Club, though, I, you, you're right. I, I do cover the sport and, and do games on cable TV or on streaming services, and I've covered the state tournament on these streaming services, the, the official high school league streaming service. I have always said this, though. I still can't believe Channel 45 hasn't added it to their package mm. because it's already at the Excel Energy Center. This, this should be it, it's it's wonderful sports competition, yeah. and I, and I think Channel Forty Five should add it to the fall slate along with Preple. Hey, well, John, you're banging a drum that a lot of people have been banging, and something that I have talked about before. Um, because you talk to anybody involved in youth volleyball, and they will say it yep. is a crime that the state tournament isn't televised and. You know, like I said earlier, it's a great, it's a, we, this is a great community of people that have created this world. um, And a lot of them are quoted and talked about in the story, the folks at Northern Lights, the folks at Select. There's other programs that are just as vital, including uh, (laughs) Vital Volleyball. There's M1, there's Kokoro. Then there's smaller clubs that try to do things on a, on a different level, try to approach the sport in a different way. Um, And all of this is just a way of saying that there are a ton of people in Minnesota deeply invested in the sport. There are a ton of people that spend their whole lives, their whole careers building this sport. And there are two sides to that coin. One is, is that be, is it being rewarded by the general sports media market, which is something that I think a lot about and we think a lot about at the Star Tribune. Um, and then there's the other side that, well, hopefully are they doing things the right way? And so I often think about volleyball in those two different – it's like two pulling on two arms. You go, boy, this sport deserves more coverage. It deserves more attention. And then there's this other part of me that goes, boy, I hope that all the kids that are involved in it that are trying to – that are creating that incredible momentum, that are creating this incredible world mm. um, are being are doing it the right way. You know what I mean? Um, and I think a lot of these clubs really uh, think about that, try to grapple with it but they also are doing that in the midst of a, a true explosion of interest and a true explosion of, of kids coming to play, uh, play the sport. And now we're going to get it with boys too. So there will be another wave of this, but I do think girls volleyball in this state um, is absolutely incredible. I think it's up there with something like boys hockey for a sport that should be identified as really a Minnesota entity. Um, they have done a tremendous amount of work to build this game in this state and it shows throughout the country. There are players all over this country playing high-level college sports or even playing at North Dakota, South Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, UNI. Yeah. Um, and the, the sport is only getting bigger at that level because of all of these young girls that are investing so much of their time and their parents' time and their parents' money um, uh, in this world. Yeah, the University of Minnesota program has received a lot of attention. But Concordia St. Paul uh, D2 hmm. national championships galore. You, you go into the Ganglehoff yep. Center over at Concordia St. Paul, and it's like, look at the banners. And and that <laughs> is a ton of homegrown talent. Yes, it is. You're abs- and that's exactly right. So that's where um, when 
you go to these tournaments and you see the college coaches that are there scouting, um, it runs the gamut from D1 to D2 to D3, non-scholarship, all kinds of things, because the sport um, is, like we have said, the sport is, is exploding so much in participation that the talent level is rising at all of those levels. Um, and it just makes for it. I don't know, like I, I can talk about it all day, but it just makes for a really, I think, fascinating arena to watch how a sport is being developed, uh, you know, right here in our in our backyard. Well, Jeff, great job on the story. I really enjoyed it. Wanted to get you on. Thanks so much for joining us on short notice on this holiday weekend to talk about it. I invite uh, folks to check it out at StarTribune.com. Once again, Jeff Day, some cool photos as well uh, associated gonna, with this story. Yeah, I was going to say, John, for your listeners on this Memorial Day weekend, that'll be in our Sunday uh, print section as well if you're out and about um, on uh, the Memorial Day weekend. And, yeah, great pictures and great design work. We have a super talented staff that helps to make these stories uh, truly, truly come alive. Anthony Souffle is is that photographer. He did phenomenal work. All right, Jeff, thanks. Uh, Enjoy the holiday weekend, and hopefully we can visit again down the road. Yeah, please. Thank you, John. Yeah, there he is, uh, Jeff Day from the Star Tribune, joining us here on News Talk E3O-WCCO. Really a, a, a cool story about volleyball. And I've said this now for a few years when I've been over there calling state tournament games uh, on the official streaming site of the high school league. It's like, why why isn't 45 doing these games? I mean, Preple's great. Um the boys and girls hockey tournaments, the boys and girls basketball tournaments, but the volleyball state tournament should be on statewide TV. It is that good. Great sports theater. It is 531. Quick break. We'll have an update on the weather. Here at News Talk, E3OW. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CCO. Matt Walner, one of the heroes as the Twins, beat the Blue Jays 9-7 at Target Field. Twins and Jays wrapping up tomorrow. Rubber game of the three-game series. The huddle, Pete Najeri and Dave Schwartz between 10 and noon. Inside Twins, Chris Atterbury, Jace Tingler. And then at 1230, the lineup card with Chris. Then at 110, Twins and Jays, Jose Barrios for Toronto. And uh, for the Twins in the series finale, it'll be Bailey Ober on to Houston on Memorial Day. That'll be a matinee lineup card at 230. First pitch at 310, Twins and Astros on Monday. Uh, the Loons are home tonight. They take on Real Salt Lake. And Andy Greeter uh, covers the Loons for the Pioneer Press. Uh, Andy, how about this weather? Spectacular. Yeah, it's great. I, uh, I had to tear myself away from a friend's barbecue here about 20 minutes ago <laughs> to drive down to Allianz. And everyone was, uh, was feeling bad for me because they're all ready to throw some meat on the grill and have a couple of beverages and snacks and Water balloons are being thrown around by the kids, and <laughs> and I'm missing out on my way to work. Yeah, you, you got to work tonight, but at least the weather will be good at Allianz. There have been some tough weather games already this year, but this isn't going to be one of them. Just great weather uh, all around the area for 
tonight's tilt? Yeah, I think they're expecting uh, their biggest crowd of the season. They've had good crowds for MLS games all year, uh, but I heard yesterday that they're selling standing room tickets and, and some of the resale prices for the tickets are uh, are quite high uh, or higher than maybe what people might be expecting. I've got some friends. My wife are going to the game too, so yeah, everybody's going to be enjoying it tonight in St. Paul. Yeah, and they take on Real Salt Lake tonight, uh, a club below them in the standings. And, you know, it, it seems as though all year the Loons have been treading water, so to speak. They're in the sixth spot yeah. right now, so they're above the playoff line. And one of the things that stands out, and we've talked about it over and over, is their struggles at home at Allianz. Yeah, they're off to their you know worst start at home uh, since they became an MLS team, so... That includes Allianz Field. That includes the former TCF Bank Stadium. Uh, they've put together, uh, you know, a couple of one to zero wins. Uh, they ended a, a six game winless streak uh, two weeks ago against Houston and uh, were able to eke one out. They, they played a lot better than the one to zero score indicates. Uh, they didn't, weren't able to put a lot in the back of the net. Uh, but then they went to Portland and, and got another one to zero result. Um, so I think that they, uh, after being in a really tough stretch, have been able to, to turn it around in MLS play and, and have two wins in a row. Uh, Andy, did did we get any more news? Uh, Robin Lud was uh, yeah. torn meniscus. Has there been any update on that situation, or is it just one of those where it'll be weeks? Any news from the club on Lud? Yeah, so Robin Lud, one of their key midfielders, uh, he's going to be out four to six months. Uh, with oh, wow. that torn meniscus, he had a full uh, kind of reconstructive surgery, the longer version. He signed a new three-year contract. Uh, this is the first year of that. Uh, he's 30 years old. He's one of their key players. Uh, they want to, you know, plan for the future. So when you look at how long the MLS season is, that could be borderline done. That could be either done for the season. I think that's probably more likely. Uh, but if he's able to, you know, recover quickly, you know, four months from now, they'll be playing their – kind of last October games of the regular season, and and they hope getting ready for the MLS Cup playoffs. Um, so if he's if he's getting healthy and if he's fit enough, maybe there's an outside chance that he comes back this year, uh, but I wouldn't count on it. So, yeah, just a, a huge blow. One of their key pieces, a guy that they move around the field often, uh, to really high regardless of where he plays, will be out of the picture for the foreseeable future. Yeah, cer- certainly uh, bad news for the club there. Also, the tough one earlier in the week where they, where they got blown out by Houston. Yeah, so that was in the U.S. Open Cup. And yep. uh, it was a tournament that they had won a couple of games to advance to the to the final 16. And uh, they had some, some bad luck with a handball uh, in the box on Bongo Kule Hulangwane. And they gave up a PK and were down 1-0. to zero, And then... One of their midfielders got a second yellow card uh, and was ejected from the game, and the Loons had to go down to 10 men. Um, so they were playing 10 versus 11 uh, for, you know, I think, you know, about 45, 50 minutes in that one. And, and they were trying to chase the game, given the fact that it was a cup game, to try to kind of hit on the counterattack and, and get back in the game, and things got stretched, and, and it turned out to be a blowout in that one. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was t- it's it's a tough situation for Minnesota because they're a team that, like you talked about, has been playing okay in MLS. Uh, but I don't think anyone expects them to 
to win a supporter shield to finish with the best record in Major League Soccer. I don't think anyone expects them uh, to win MLS Cup. Uh, and this is a team that hasn't won a trophy yet. And U.S. Open Cup is an opportunity to do that, especially once you get into the round of 16. Uh, you know, you can start to kind of believe that, you know, hey, maybe they can win a trophy here this year. And one of the prizes that comes with it is what's called the CONCACAF Champions League, which is a North America, Central America, and the Caribbean uh, tournament that's played every year. Honduras, El Salvador, you name it, Canada, the whole like. Uh, and that's kind of the showcase regionally for all teams. It's the best of the best. And Minnesota, because they haven't won a trophy, because they haven't finished in the in the top tier uh, in MLS, they haven't played in that tournament. And this was maybe one of their best opportunities to do so. Uh, so not only do they uh, get blown out, not only do they are knocked out of the Open Cup, uh, they don't have you know probably their best opportunity to win a trophy here this year. Andy Greedy joining us from the Pioneer Press covers the loons. I get Real Salt Lake tonight at Allianz Field on a gorgeous night. He joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. A couple of days ago, you had a story in the Pioneer Press about the future of Luis Amaria. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. His days could be numbered with the club. Yeah, he uh, has not scored a goal in open play uh, this year over 650 minutes. Uh, he looks like he's having confidence issues in front of goal. Uh, he doesn't quite know exactly what to do with it, doesn't know where to, whether to pass or to shoot or where to put it sometimes, and he's really struggling. His contract's up at the end of the year. Uh, they're looking to move on from him. Uh, they have some suitors potentially in Mexico uh, and in Ecuador where he's played before. He's from Paraguay. Uh, there is interest out there because he has scored, scored goals previously. He did so here this last year. Minnesota is looking to add a, a high-priced, forward uh, to replace him in July and August uh, and that's going to be an expensive addition and what they need to be able to do that is one of the three designated player slots in MLS for players that don't count against the salary budget and Amaria occupies one so moving him on uh, and bringing in somebody new to try to find a way to score goals is kind of a rite of passage every summer with this club and we're this is the the current update with where they're at right now it looks like Amaria's Days are numbered in Minnesota, and, and an unnamed forward uh, is is the goal here uh, to help them get to the playoffs here this fall. And uh, th- this has been a reoccurring theme in our chats uh, leading up to the 23 season, and in this 23 season, Andy, is uh, Reynoso and where, yeah. where that stands at the moment. Yeah, so he uh, returned to his first training session uh, after being a holdout and being suspended since yep. January uh, on, uh, was that Thursday? Uh, he did a light session then. Uh, they're going to be really cautious and, you know, kind of build him up. Uh, he wasn't working out in Argentina, much to the chagrin of, of supporters and I think the front office. Uh, so now he's using this time to get ready. And I think it's going to take a little while for him to be able to do so. Uh, they're playing a lot of games. Like you talked about, this is their Second game this week, they got another midweek game next week, another weekend game, and then they've got a week off before they play at Montreal. Maybe that's an opportunity where he makes his debut and gets 15 minutes off the bench, uh, something like that if the game dictates it. Uh, but I could also see them waiting just because uh, after that they have an international break and get a, a full week off, and it'll give two weeks to prepare for their game uh, in kind of the 23rd, 24th, 25th of June. Maybe that's maybe the – the time that he comes, you know, it was, it was a big domino 
for him to return, but the saga continues because he's still not on the field for the Loons here this year. And like we've talked about, he's he's their best player. He's really the, the straw that stirs the drink. He's one of six goals in MLS, six players in MLS that double-digit goals and assists last season. Uh, and like we talked about with their goal-scoring woes, they could certainly use a player like Reynoso. Yeah, and I'm sure the, the, that that fitness doesn't happen overnight. I mean, if he wasn't yeah. working out, getting into town and, and just getting his legs back, and let, let's yeah. face it, I mean, he, these guys are in you know mid-season form now, so he, he's got a lot yeah, of catching right. up to do. Yeah, for sure. It's not like in preseason where everybody's kind of ramping up yeah. and it's a yeah. lighter kind of closed-door session where you're maybe going in second or third gear. This is in the... The full cut and thrust of, of MLS play, it's it's a little different type of situation. And they've had to, they've tried to do so much to get him back here. Uh, so the last thing they want to do is is have him come down with an injury and miss even more time. So that's that's where they're at. They're trying to avoid that situation where he suffers a knock and, and isn't ready to go for an even longer period of time. Well, Andy, good good to visit with you as always. By the way, uh, Minnesota Aurora. FC, they're on the road yeah. tonight, and they continue to be a great story and a great draw out at TCO Performance Center in Egan. Yeah, I just wanted to take a sec. I did a story on Sungbin Jong, Minnesota oh, United's sure. new South Korean player. He visited a Korean immersion school in May, and it's it's online right now, and it's in Saturday's newspaper. It was, it was an amazing experience to see he, uh, kind of how he was welcomed in the Korean immersion school, given the fact that he's Korean himself, the only player in MLS uh, to be playing from Korea. Uh, just a kind of a red carpet type of situation. All the kids were screaming his name, and the young girls oh, were wow, talking, about awesome. how, how, talking about how handsome he was and peppering him with questions <laughs> about soccer. And it was just a, a great kind of window into who he is. I mean, the Korean culture is, is uh, you know, very reverential, a very courteous, a very polite type of culture and you can see that in song bin and and hopefully that comes across in the way that he handles himself and the way he was with those students uh that day in may so if anybody gets a chance uh that story is online right now but uh when it comes to uh aurora yeah i mean obviously they were near perfect last year you know they tied their first game uh won 13 in a row and and uh unfortunately for them lost the the championship game uh, but this year they started out out of the gate incredibly hot and won five to zero. Uh, you know their their coach Nicole Lukic uh, wants to play an attacking style. Uh, she's willing to give up a goal here or there because she knows or she hopes that her team is able to outscore them. And they did that uh, in bucket loads on uh, Wednesday night last week and had a great crowd, another five thousand uh, fans there yeah. for that. So yeah, it was just a. Uh, a great story keeps going on, and they play. Yeah, they play tonight uh, in Chicago. Yeah, and then they're back home on Wednesday out at TCO. But they put on a great show, and it, it's generated a lot of buzz. Uh, Andy, always good to visit with you. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Take care. All right, there he is, Andy Greeter, Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities dot com. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. We have all the news at six. Here at News Talk, E3O, WCCO. Twins win, beat the Blue Jays, 9-7. What a day, Matt Walner, 4 for 4 a home run. Rubber game of the three-game series tomorrow. Coverage begins at 10. The huddle, Pete Nigerian, Dave Schwartz, they go to noon. At noon, inside Twins. 
Chris Hadbury with Jays Tingler at 12.30. The lineup card at 110. Twins and Blue Jays. Corey Provis, Dan Gladden, Jose Barrios for Toronto, and Bailey Ober for Minnesota. And then Memorial Day, don't forget, Twins and Astros play a matinee. Our lineup card at 2.30. First pitch at 3.10. Henry Lake will be in for Chad. Take you up to the ball game on Monday. Let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. Got a couple of minutes with Steve-O. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. And, Steve, are they biting? Is, is this prime time? Um, boy, that's a tough question, Steve. It's um, <laughs> okay. been pretty tough. This is kind of a tough week. I, you know, I'm still waiting for things to really start happening. You know, we're two weeks late and, you know, the ice out, and which mathematically, you know, things should be starting here in the next week. Uh, this week was just a struggle you know, one day is good, the next day it's super slow, and, you know, you find the fish, then they're gone. It's just been very fickle all week, but it's going to get better. You know, we start getting into that 65, 68-degree water temperature. You know, things will start, but it's uh, definitely lagging behind. All right, and uh, we, we've been worried about a minnow shortage, and that's what the walleyes want, minnows. They want shiners, Steve. That's yeah. what they want. Shiner minnows are tough to find, and, you know, a lot of my shiners have been trapping in the rivers, and now they're not in the rivers anymore. They've dispersed back in the lake, so I have no shiners. So now we're kind of getting to that transition time with leeches and crawlers, now we're going to start making a difference. So the shiners were great, you know, while we could get them, and that was about a three-week period. Now we kind of make the transition to other things, which is okay. It's okay. All right, uh, crappies, uh, we want to get into that a little bit. Uh, guy I work with, uh, he and his sons went out to a lake, undisclosed lake in Wright County, and they just said they were jumping in the boat. What have you found on the crappie bite? Well, you know, Steve, southern Minnesota, central Minnesota, you know, they're definitely, you know, done spawning. They're aggressive. They're in the shallows. They're biting. But up in, you know, lakes country, when you get into northern Minnesota, northwestern minnesota they're not quite there yet they're still turning black now where they're starting to spawn but they're they're a couple weeks behind you know the central minnesota fish so you know those will be turning on probably in the next 10 days but it's been tough for crappies they're just not showing up in their normal spots they're just not there yet and water temperatures up here are like 61 62 so lagging behind you know from the rest of the state but it will happen, and, you know, they're starting to turn jet, jet black right now, which is really cool. That's kind of their spawning colors. So I, it's, it's only going to get better. You just have to be patient. All right, Steve, we're tight on time. Where are you going to be in the coming week? What's the plan? Steve, I have no plan. Okay. I am so frustrated, and it's just been, you know, a difficult week. I have no idea, but I've got a group in the morning. Um, I don't know where I'm going, but I'll decide about midnight or 2 in the morning. <laughs> all, right, all right, we'll try and get some rest, Steve, and we'll do it again in a week. All right, sounds great, Steve. I'll take care. All right, Steve Carney, Steve Carney Outdoors. By the way, our outdoors coverage continues tomorrow afternoon. Rob Driesline, the Outdoor News, will be on for a full hour between 5 and 6. Big thanks to all our guests. Big thanks to producer Josh Wheeler. Have a great Saturday night.